I can't really fully express how much I love it because I love it too much. Here's what you missed last week, nerds. Now, now look, right now you're listening to a quality program. Tweet us at the podcast, let the underscore podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm curious to get your dick on it. Tell us to shut the fuck up. John, 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 John. That. Oh my gosh. Great. I admire your garlic. That. The underscore podcastle. No. Two people doing this podcast invented it. Go ahead. I didn't mean to, oh I didn't mean to derail the uh, conversation. I'm not apologizing, but I didn't mean to do it because I want to get Bob this garlic. Ooh, not apologize. No, it's not. That's so fine. Apology of any, of any form. Oh my gosh. All right. All right, Flash. They used to call me Flash and Superman in high school in bed because I was so damn fast. Oh my god. Two pump clerk. One pump chunk. <laughs> good, Bob. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Great to be back with you guys. Yeah, it's been a minute. I'm really excited to get into the, uh, the ginger tonight of uh, History Hour. A lot to talk about. I wanted to bring this up first. Were you guys aware that Hugo Boss was the designer of the Nazi military uniforms in World War II? No. He was actually a member of the party. Ooh. A high-ranking member of the oh party. Oh, my gosh. Oops. And that's why... The Nazis, as awful as they were, had the best-looking uniforms. And I mean, they were like sharp as anything. They still hold up and look great. They were very classy and good-looking. Is this challenged by any other uniform? Is there a you know a, a, a Rolling Stones to the Nazis' Beatles? It's up to interpretation. <laughs> I mean, I've been watching. Uh, I've been on a Band of Brothers kick. I just finished the series again. I, I found it. I fell down that hole, and I had to watch it all over again. I gotta watch it. In, in like three, four days, I had to just get through all ten. And um, the uniform's very sharp. But I always think the um, – I mean, they're awful what they stood for. But on the other side of the token, I always thought the U.S. uniforms um, with the uh, – what is it? The um, the leaves they have, if you're like a certain rank, they give you the oak yes. leaves. Always always are pretty cool, you know, when you see that. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we do a good job too. Uh, we're – Pretty, we're pretty sharp and uh, pretty clean cut, and I would say, you know, since the uh, German efficiency of uh, the 1930s and 40s has uh, thankfully left us in terms yeah. of that regime, uh, the U.S. has certainly taken up the uh, the slack on on the military uh, looking. Oh yeah, because the German yeah. uniforms today are ugly looking. There's like yellow mixed in there with black, and it's like it's yeah. weird. It's yeah. like their Olympic team's uniform. It's like, well, guys, they're not supposed to look like sweatpants. Well, they're, they're, Sweat they're an angry people. It's an angry language and angry people. So very efficient, very, very uh, busy all the an time. An angry language and angry people. Never relax. Are, they, are Germans an angry people? They are kind of an angry people. That's why they're so efficient. There's no time. There's no time for relaxing. Yeah, like Jeff H. He's like, you know, we're 20 minutes behind. Let's get in the car. Let's oh. go. He's an innovator. Got to give it to him. He's an innovator. 20 years trying to undo that wiring. Clark, is the, is the one you're talking about kind of long jacket? It goes down real long, like past, past the kneecaps. Well, they had, yeah, they had several uniforms. There was the, there was like the stormtrooper ones, which was the like brown ones you see. 
that were like kind of sharp. And then you had like hmm. the Luftwaffe ones, which were like gray with a black under like black breasted jacket. Right. And then I have the uh by the way, all the grammar Nazi costumes I got from Army Navy reenactment stores. So I would because if you Google like Nazi uniforms, you get some questionable web material on your on your browser that you don't want at home. Indeed. So Indeed. I bought them all from from Army Army Navy stores that benefited like the army. So you, you maybe want to go through another IP address if you're looking for uh, Nazi. Yeah, parents. right. Yeah, you don't want to do that. There were some questionable sites, but oh, they were like yeah, they had good uniforms. I googled something. I googled something on my work computer the other day that was just so inappropriate and. If looked at the wrong way, I could get arrested for. So, oh, wow. But, you know, like. Man, you're looking good. I'm, imagine you're getting ready for Talladega. Actually, I am. Uh, oh, I'm talking with a bunch of the people. We have uh, oh, 32 gosh. people going this year, sitting mm -hmm. with us. We're going to oh, have two gosh. campers in the infield in turn two. And uh, uh, myself and a few other people will be camping outside in the free camping. Uh, outside the track that uh, John got to experience two I years know. ago. My oh, first yeah. year not going. I'm kind of Flash Gordon is. It all happens every year, so we'll we'll get you back next year. It'll be it all right. Yeah, but it's, it's fine, John. That's a fine, it, too. You just apologize. It's kind of nice because go. there's, fine. Did I there's a lot of, there's a lot of logistics. Right. There's a lot of logistics to, that go into it in terms of like food you know, how many beers you need to buy, water, Gatorades, all this stuff. Oh. And it's kind of nice that there's only like three or four people that are actually going to be at the campground outside the track because we can all almost, you know, kind of like fend for ourselves in terms of uh, getting everything together. So it kind of makes Logistically, it Logistically, it's enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I imagine it's kind of exciting too because you're prepping for something that's not work-related where you're doing all this stuff. You're doing it for like a memorable, great weekend. It yeah. is, it is hard. It is hard to pace yourself. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. You get there nine in the morning and you just want to crack a beer and drink for two days yes. in a row straight. That's yeah. how it feels like when I go to a, or when I used to go to Phillies games. You know, if I go, if I'm able to, if I'm in Philadelphia, and you tailgate in the parking lot like early on, like if it's a one one p.m. game, you maybe get there at like eleven, make some sandwiches and drink. Uh -huh. And I always do the same dumb rule. I'm like, now. I'm, have a couple beers, not going to get wasted. And then it always ends up the same way. Tony Luke, sunburned, hammered, dehydrated by 4 p.m. I don't know what and the score is. Farting in the car on the way home on somebody's lap. And then going to bed like a schoolgirl. Because I'm, you know, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to keep drinking, you know. Just, once you pop that seal. Day drinking's oh a, a rabbit hole, too, for me. When you start one, it's they just go down like water. Because it's like a different thing. The only way I can do it is if I have, like, two days after to not, to, like, recover. Right. I need a full two days. Yeah, drink Pedialyte and Gatorade. Yes. You know, everybody sets out with good intentions in terms of day drinking, but it oh. usually never turns out well. Oh. If you start drinking before noon, it's not going to end well. And now it's not with going social to end media, well. you're just bound to make stupid mistakes. Yes. Dumb. Yeah, Those right. mistakes will Homeward be uh, documented. Well documented oh, and, yeah. and shared by different Analytica firms for Indeed. money. By the way, that was in the news this week. Zuckerberg, uh, or last week, was uh, on Capitol Hill testifying against uh, the Congress. And one thing I took away from those hearings, and uh, you know, I just want to get your opinion on this, was just to get your dick on they, it. He, they asked, he asked, they asked a lot of right questions, but he never really took ownership of Facebook's stake in the harvesting of data and what they do with it. He said 
they use that. That's how they make their money and things like that. But he didn't really. He deflected a lot. I felt like After he more said it's than a uh, decade of promises to do better. How is today's apology different, and why should we trust Facebook to make the necessary changes to ensure user privacy and give people a clearer picture of your privacy policies? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. So we have made a lot of mistakes in running the company. I think it's it's pretty much impossible, <laughs> I, I believe, to start a company in your dorm room. Our responsibility, but he didn't really take full ownership. Now. And the only way this can be fixed, I think, is for the government to step in because they're not going to do it, and and involuntarily make them give the option to users to opt out of having their information shared because um, it has to be regulated by the government. I think the federal government. What do you think, Bob? Mouth base. I, I, I tend to uh, try to steer away from the government regulation and anything like that in terms of a free enterprise. And Big brother. Obviously, there needs to be some rules and regulations set down uh, in terms of what they can and cannot share uh, with user information. But right. I, I, I saw some snippets of what he was saying, and you know, obviously he was very well prepared. Uh, by oh, his yeah. by attorneys and downloaded you know, a lot of info without yeah. uh, making some mistakes. And because our service is about um, helping people connect and information, um, those mistakes have been different in, in how they. Uh, we try not to make the same mistake multiple times. Yeah. So in general, you know, he's not going to give it all up, and right. it's you know, it is what it is. I think really a, a lot of it falls on you know personal responsibility. You know, you oh go on gosh. Facebook, you open yourself up to that. So share what you want to share. Don't share what you don't want to share. And don't put any information out there that you don't want everyone else knowing. I, I think a lot of it has to do with personal responsibility. And I, I, I'm going to disagree with you, Clark. I, I, I really don't want the government yeah, coming in I, there. And, I admire your, your Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I, I see where you're coming from, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just really paraphrasing um, – what, kind of what Bill Maher said on Friday's show about they need to do okay. more regulations. And I, I agree with you. I don't think government needs to come in and, and, and take over because I do believe in capitalism. I, I'm very unpopular in the fact that I don't think we should have bailed out the auto industry. So I think this, this is America. comes from Mueller's office. Is that correct? Yes. Have you or anyone at Facebook been interviewed by the special counsel's office? Fail, you fail. I get the repercussions of that, but. I feel like capitalism, you don't get a handout. What, ha what happens to the mom and pop shops that go under? Are they get a handout? Sometimes, yeah. Cash but, for clunkers. Um, but I get, I get the argument for that. But I, I do, but I can see that, how that can be a problem. But I do feel like the hmm. tech companies, Google and everything, I mean, they're like 61% of the Google, Facebook, a lot of these, 61% of ad revenue made is made by these guys. And it's going up every day. And I mean, it's kind of the wild west with them in a lot of ways. There's, they're just doing whatever they want, and and you you're seeing that now with the problems with Cambridge Analytica and all that. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess irresponsible is not the word. But. You saw that too in the questioning with some of the senators and congressmen. You know, in that committee hearing with Zuckerberg, they really didn't understand Facebook that well. Some of them did oh, not understand yeah. Facebook. No, they did not. They were like a parent. Right. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Have you or anyone at Facebook been interviewed by the special counsel's office? 
That's that's why yes. I am have you been hesitant to I allow have... government interference and in all that because there's not an understanding and there is not these guys aren't going to I you know if they start passing legislation on it it's going to be uh not very useful to right because they don't get curbing it. what what we're trying to you know get after here which is the fake the, the false news I hate to use fake news but no the, no it's the, the bullshit Bob, that's out there. Good. The dick bait or click. Yeah, the, bu- the bullshit that's out there, and then you know, uh, pull your information out, and then using that uh, to to almost like target you with some of this stuff. So huh. that's true too. Oh, It'd be like a new wow. boss coming in. It's like when a new supervisor or somebody comes in any job, and they really don't know the culture of the place. They're like, well, why are we doing? Have had subpoenas. Actually, let, let me clarify it. that. You're I, like, I actually am not. Well, aware. there's like a lot of things leading up to this that you need to like see the whole picture too and they're like well let's just get rid of it you're like well somebody's gonna die if you do that there's kind of a reason this is in place you can't have a bull in I can't believe in 50 years (laughs) kids will be learning about the Facebook war oh my gosh history class yeah right yeah you know give it give give it to Russia you know they did a great job of putting in these bots and throwing out this fake news and yes and and, and really duping the American people because we have an electorate undermined overall electorate. If you take everybody together, you know, really we are uninformed, and yes. unfortunately, we do get a lot of our news off of social media, which is a horrible place to receive information. It's the worst place, and the problem with that is a lot of people, and I noticed this during the election, will just share things without questioning the source. Okay, if you see like CNN or let's I'll even say Fox News or something, chances are there's some truth segmented from somewhere. But if you see, you know, IndieWireFreeZone.com and Hillary's corrupt, people will just share that without even actually clicking on the article. Oh my gosh! And and you know what I mean, John? Yeah. And they they don't do it. They just they just throw it out there. Dude, I see these interesting clickbaits shared by friends of mine in the early days of clickbait. And I'm like, oh, that what's what does he look like now? You know, the kid from uh, a Christmas. Yeah, Brady story. Bunch. Right. right. And I click on it, and you know, it's triple X dot com hand jobs, gay site. I think we should do the opposite and be like, click here for some triple hand jobs. And they click on it, and it's like the kid from the Brady Bunch, and they're like, Here's oh, oh, I already have it out. Here's this is a sex crime. Jesus. Oh my gosh. But it's so true, though, and and people don't question the validity of the information that they're sharing. And I see how the Russian bots swayed, you know, people during the election because I know family members that would share things, and you're like, that's not true. And they're like, well, I couldn't vote for somebody that did this. It's like, but what, you, what you're seeing is just, you know, pure right, manipulation. Though, like- these old fucks who have no clue what's going on in social media are the ones making the laws and making these decisions. Like that's not <laughs> what our concern where it, the government should have nothing to do with it. It's Facebook. Their highest nerds that like protect hacking should have a press conference and explain in layman's terms. Here's how we're going to prevent this. Yeah. Not, not centrarians oh who are sitting around, you know, on Capitol Hill who might be in touch with their base who's voting for them, but they aren't in touch with the entirety of what uh, what affects 
you know, right. what affects all that with social media and all that stuff. And, no you know, I think you'll see a learning curve coming in with a lot of, Hopefully. with a lot of Congress, but it's still going to take a while right now, right now to pass any laws and any regulations, I would be very hesitant to support that because they don't understand where, what the problem is. Yeah. The pr- and the problem is not just that. The problem is we need our intelligence agencies need to take the ball and run with it on that and and stop Russia from from Russia and other uh, countries from being able to infiltrate uh, any of our systems like that. And yeah, they're good point. It. And and they're working. I just wish, you know, we had a president who would acknowledge that uh, the election was swayed by the Russians and, you know, with with the intelligence agencies coming up with hard evidence saying, yes, this happened and they're all in agreement with it. And he still can't do it because he can't get over his ego. That's so true. And it's sad because it's at the expense of, you know, security and, and uh, what's right for the, for America. But it's the United clear States. now that we didn't do enough to prevent these tools from being used for harm as well. That goes for fake news, foreign interference in elections, and hate speech, as well as developers and data privacy. I, it so, was my mistake, and I'm sorry. I started Facebook. I run it, and I'm responsible for what happens here. Yeah, we know all that. All, right. he st- his whole speech opens up with nothing. He's a brilliant guy too. He knew he 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 knows yes. the vulnerabilities involved with all this too. So that's to, true. To to say something like that is you're you're really really talking down to a lot of Americans right there who are a whole lot smarter than he thinks they are because he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, which you know most of the time he was in his career. But it that's aggravating to me. You know he that that that's very arrogant. Of him to say something like that. And he was, yeah, like the whole beginning of his speech is like, Facebook is an idealistic and optimistic company. For most of our existence, we focused on all the good that connecting people can bring. As Facebook has grown, people got, people everywhere have gotten a powerful new tool to stay connected to the people they love, make their voices heard, and build communities and businesses. And now it's doing the exact opposite. It's ripping communities and businesses down. Oh my yeah. gosh. Spoken yeah, in a lot of ways. Us. It's dividing us. Right. Yeah, I want to mention be, this too. But I know we're working with them. Thank you. Your chief operating officer, Ms. Sandberg, suggested oh on the NBC Today show that Facebook users who do not want their personal information used for advertising might have to pay for that protection. He looks like an android too. Do you see those C-3PO. memes floating around? In human oh, form. definitely. The guy from Star Trek with the weird eyes. Yes. Yeah, that was a meme this week. I have Data. no idea what, what the name of oh, Data. Data. Yeah. I never knew who yeah. Data was. Have you yeah, Data. He looks just like him. Interviewed by the special counsel's office. I would sell... An app to Zuckerberg, though you know how he's very aggressive with apps. He'll spend like two billion. Yeah, I'll hand over you know, anything for his money. In one sense, you know, you kind of feel bad for the guy. He's being called on the carpet. He's an entrepreneur. You know, he he's doing all this. He, Facebook is not all bad. It's 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 a great platform to be able to share things. You know, just baby pictures, for, pictures of friends. Right. You know, you're 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 able to stay connected with people that you would up. 
Actually, let me clarify that. I, I actually am not aware of, of a subpoena. I believe that there may be, but I know we're working with them. Do you know who Palantir is? I do. Some people have referred to them as a Stanford Analytica. Do you agree? Senator, I have not heard that. Okay. Wise the unconnected. But, you know, there's also this other dark element involved here that, you know, he he's responsible for. So it's just well, like when the wireless Bluetooth headset came out and the only people that wore them for some reason were douchebags. But the technology was great. It was just douchebags wore them in the be in the beginning. John, I ruined it. John, I wore a Bluetooth headset for at least two years Nerd straight. Alert! I slept with it. Think. Nerdalert! Was after did its you really? Douchery. No, I did Nerd not. Alert! No, was, we were issued one uh, with my job, and refused to refuse. Nerdalert! But you know what I mean. No matter what, there's going to be some people who want to use it for good, and then it, some people who just want to watch it burn. Yeah, oh and there's gosh. also some people. It's just like the ultimate buy-in. You know, let's right. do this you know, and throw yourself out there. Yeah. And it's, it's weird, too, because if you look at Facebook, like, let's say, circa 2011, most of you scrolled on your feed. There were tweets, posts in order that were people just there were just people talking now, like 90 percent is links sharing. And oh, it's yeah. it's become this slap, but still want to, like, check in. But then it's become this whole, like, businesses need to have it. And I've, I've had meetings at my job about Facebook and how much money we're spending. And I'm like, just get over it. Like. You know, it's it's not the be all end all, and a lot of people think it is. Sure, it's just right. too much, and you're supposed to have only what you want, and it's hard to find that now on your feed. Yeah, I just right. people. If I if I see somebody like throwing themselves out there like professionally on Facebook, I mute them because I don't feel like Facebook is a, uh, a an arena where you should be professionally trying to advance yourself. It's it's a social. <laughs> to connect to friends, oh, yeah. you know, other people that, you know, you, you, counterparts, counterparts you have met in college or high school. And right. Like, like I said before, and like Clark echoed, you know, people who you're not going to really pick up the phone and call, but you know, it's nice to check up on and see, and right. you still kind of care about them. So. Right, exactly. Right. That's the best thing. Like I always say, like I love Facebook because I get to watch my brother's daughters grow up. You exactly. Know, almost every day I get an update on them. Um, uh, Flyers lose to the Penguins 5 nothing. by the way. Penguins now lead the yeah, series three games. Flyers, Flyers barely squeaked into the freaking playoffs. I was just going to say that. They, well, ran into a, they ran into a buzzsaw against the Penguins. The Penguins have their number. And the champions... They're matched up well against them. It's just not going to happen this year, but still got the 76ers, buddy. We will get to that and more in the Sports with John segment. Um, Sports with John, 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 John. John. Yeah, I, I, I think that... Here they come, At least we... Yeah, and, and I really... It burns the shit out of me that we let a guy like oh Sidney Crosby run all over us. I... Fucking hate that guy. <laughs> a passion. Bob wants so to good. burn his house down and shut the doors and hammer them up with yeah. nails. I don't like wish a, anything bad on him. You know, like he's a three-time it's, it's champion and gold medalist. Yeah, Bob he's such a bitch. So, so, he's like Kobe. 
savage. Like when Kobe was in his prime, I fucking Kobe. hated him. Give the ball to Kobe. But I hated him because he was so good. And he's been hanging on for so long. When is Crosby going to suck? I yeah, know. I feel like well, he's been around since the weird. 20s. Since yeah. The league. Well, yeah, they hang in there, some of those guys. The um, oh. Yeah, right. Uh, I want to bring oh, no. this up, too. Former first lady and former uh, second lady, Barbara Bush, the matriarch of the of the Bush family dynasty, has passed away yesterday, April 17th, at the age of uh, 92, I believe. 92. Um, after deciding not to seek further treatment based on the ailments she was doing. But, you know, uh, whether you're a fan of the Bushes or not, what a remarkable lady and her legacy on the, the first ladies. I would say she's one of the best, personally. Um just for how she was she kind do? of like everybody's grandmother. Yeah, I would say so, too. I don't know specifically what she did during her time as First Lady. One of my first, you know, when I was growing up, uh, I remember the Reagans and Nancy Reagan and everything and, you know, the war on drugs and 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 that. And Just say Barbara no. Barbara Bush, though, <laughs> she, she, she seemed to command a presence uh, wherever she was from what I've read and what I've heard. I, I never had the privilege of meeting her, uh, but she oh seemed gosh. to command a presence and it's, it, that's, that's a hard loss. And, and no matter what you think about the bushes, uh, HW or W, uh, w. what, what a, what a great family who tried to further America. Uh, oh yeah. And they, they, they had a lot of sacrifices involved with that. I think, Barbara and George H.W. were married, I think, 74 years. I mean, that's incredible. What, what that a, is amazing. When I, when I read that, I, that was, yeah. I was blown away. Even with the butt grabbing. Even, yeah, even with the David Copperfield. And he was really interesting, too. Uh, or she was oh, really interesting because she did a lot of things and said things that were uncharacteristic of first ladies at the time, such as she would, she posed, she would visit a hospital, held uh, an AIDS, you know, infected child when people... A lot of people at the time still uh, thought it could be contracted you know, by on, close yeah. proximity. Yeah. Yeah. She was had a very quick sense of humor. Um, would not. She didn't always go along with uh, her husband's views. She did it respectfully. If you're a single you know, mother with two as, children, as you do, but she, which is the toughest job in America, as far as I'm concerned, and you're working hard to put food on your family. Those who think that they can say we're only going to have a stimulus package, but let's forget tax relief misunderestimate or excuse me underestimate she didn't believe in and she be, she believed in gun control and gun reform control reform and oh. and uh she believed in abortion rights things like that. i mean it was she was she was a progressive but she, she, was, her own a she was her own woman she was her own woman yeah and, kind of really uh, interesting. correct me if i'm wrong if i am wrong but back in the day quite oh uh, quite the looker oh my gosh yeah and the younger oh, she was quite hideous the, she had the gabs of a polio vaccine. No, oh she was. Gosh. She was. She looked good when she Maybe was younger. She was hot when she was younger. I think. She, I think she was. They showed some pictures. Um. Just making sure you were paying attention. <laughs> you were. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. Oh my gosh! Responses. Looks pretty good. Get a clip. Maybe we can get a clip. But there's no audio. Get a clip, please. Not so, as hot as Melania, though. No, no, that's a that's that ain't happening. That's a whole different ballpark. Melania almost looks Hispanic. In some see, I like don't I'm count see, her. I'm glad to see Melania is so uh, assertive in uh, yes. being a first lady and doing a, a lot of great stuff. 
She's a big talker making an impact, Bob. She's really the, she's really putting it out. She's really using her platform for, for good. Yeah. I think I think I've heard her talk once and that was at the inaugurate or at the uh, acceptance speech after he yeah. I, I don't think I, I honestly don't think I've ever seen her speak. Uh, she hates her life. She hates the guy she's married to. Oh uh, yeah. I'm yeah. sure a lot of women say that, but uh, you know, it it is what it is. I was Imagine being wrong. her though. Completely wrong. Barbara Bush, even in 1963, looked like a grandma. No. Never mind. No. I thought she was Never. really hot back in the day. You're thinking of Liz Taylor. Well, that's no. Boner Kill John's take of the week. But, yeah, Boner Kill John. I'll hang up and listen. So what else is going on with uh, History Hour? What do you guys want to dick into tonight? Bob, it's your, this is your smorgasbord, and it tastes smoky, and I like it. So I'm gonna. I mean, feeling? shit. I, I really don't have anything on the agenda this evening. I, uh, you Andrew know, we Jackson. just had the we just had the anniversary of uh, Apollo 13. Uh, oh, that, that's right. That that whole thing. Uh, I think today is the day when they actually uh, landed in the Pacific after the the mission uh, and everything that went on there. And really, wow. for a mission that never landed on the moon, it was probably one of NASA's most successful missions ever in terms of the ingenuity that was involved in getting these guys back. Oh my God. What a because great that is, movie. That is, that is one of the, it is great. You oh, look at great Gene, Kranz, Gene Kranz was the flight director. That is, <laughs> that is his prime directive. It's not to land on the moon. It's, it's not to be successful in all the mission objectives. It's to protect the vehicle and the crew. And they were fully successful in all of that. It was one of their finest hours. Mm-hmm. In, in in NASA history, and truly. What, what happened? What Great happens mug, to, to make Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks say, uh, uh, "Houston, we have a problem." That was what Jim Lovell said as soon as the oxygen tanks blew on the command module. Oxygen. I knew and, it was something. And he he did Houston, the we have a problem. It's Houston. It was like Houston. There's a problem, and he right. said that immediately. And then because. The, the the spacecraft at that point was spewing oxygen. So in, in space, <laughs> in the vacuum, that's going, that acts as a thruster. So that's going to – it was spinning and rolling the command module and the lunar module, which were already docked together. So they were spinning and rolling and oh. yet could not get a good feed, in, an audio feed from the astronauts on what they were talking about. So everything was like flying in and out and there was debris everywhere and – uh, Holy that affected, shit! That affected, you know, their communications. With, right, like when you're losing your signal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's scary. The way they handled that too. Um, at least you know in the movie when they they put the engineers, the NASA, you know, engineers in the room and says, "Here's what they have to work with. Here's how you can fix it." And they had to put that together under the gun, with that much at stake and everybody watching. Yeah, still and pull you, that off is a miracle by God. We were on a hard time card on that too like they didn't oh have gosh. weeks to figure this out they had hours right i mean it's just to figure the stress. Out to, you know because they had one problem after another okay so what do we do the command module just blew out the oxygen they have no oxygen the command module is dead they can't they can't do that so they shut it down and go into the lunar module which is designed to land on the moon it's not just it's designed it's designed for two men it's the size of two phone booths so oh. what they do is they oh my gosh so they shut down the command module which is the capsule that actually they land back down in the ocean with and the capsule that stays up in orbit around the moon when they're landing on the moon. And so they have three guys inside this lunar module who aren't supposed to be there. 
you don't have that third guy and the oxygen scrubbers aren't pulling out enough carbon monoxide out of the cabin air. So they had to figure out a way to retrofit a new air scrubber in the LEM, the Lunar Excursion Module, the LEM. That's amazing. And that really is phenomenal. They did it with duct tape. I mean, they basically did it with duct tape. They MacGyvered themselves down there. Bubble gum. Mm -hmm. Great flick. So you have that, you know, and and they did a burn around. And not just that, you're talking about the lunar module is designed to land on the moon. It's not designed to pick a point in space and be able to effectively navigate that point in space and fire the lunar module engine to course correct them. So they had to make multiple engine firings to in order to, you know, they're not going in an orbit around the moon, but they had to go around the moon to slingshot themselves around back to Earth. And they had to use the lunar module engine in order to do that. And they were literally shooting from the hip. I mean, nothing was. The fact that they even like knew that, like the timing and. uh, They didn't have the software loaded into the lunar module. It's all loaded in the command module. So they're literally, as you know, Tom Hanks says in the movie, you know, sir, uh, gentlemen, I think we just put Sir Isaac Newton in the driver's seat here. Because they're literally using star finders to find a, a fixed point in space and be able to then navigate based on that it's and they like made it back. in that commercial when larry bird and jordan are bouncing the basketball off like five things oh, good call and they make it in on the first try like yeah and they're doing it in outer space like the, yeah the we're literally of it all, no, we'll never there comprehend there is zero room for error absolutely right. zero exactamundo or like when i took a shot the other day at work of a paper towel into the uh, trash can from 10 feet away and it made it in and I was just like Cobra. what and they were just like man that motherfucker ain't playing uh, you know it's the same thing I mean it's not it's it's different so you guys want to take a quick commercial break and come back uh, in just a couple minutes after some um, digestible um, Prosecco collaborations let's do it we shall return with our friend Bob Sweet directly and after math like Look at that, that's CrossFit. Do you see that diaper that's sticking out of the trash can with Indian food? Uh, yeah, but I kind of don't want to look at it. Eat it. It's CrossFit. It's CrossFit. It's CrossFit. It's CrossFit. See that homeless man drifting in the corner? Bash him on the head with desire until he dies. I don't want to do that. That's CrossFit. Do you see that diaper that's sticking out of the trash can with Indian food? Uh, yeah, but I kind of don't want to look at it. Eat it. Why? Because that's CrossFit. It's CrossFit. Do you see that squirrel? That's not a squirrel. That's a toupee. Yes. Shove it up your butt. Why? Because that's CrossFit. It's CrossFit. Uh, not not. Who's there? I don't know who you are. I'm a stranger. Let me in. Okay, I'm going to let a stranger in. I'm going to rape you now. Why? Because that's CrossFit. That's why you don't want to do CrossFit. See the old man over there in the cane, walking with the cane, take his cane from him, snap it in half, and stab him in the chest. (laughs) What? Is he a vampire? No. It's CrossFit. It's CrossFit. CrossFit. Do you see that old woman looking through the coupons and saving money on detergent? Yes. Find out her bank account. Start embezzling money. Wait 10 years till her IRA kicks in. And then wait till her social security dries out. And then start a fraud service and take that. But why would I do that? She might not even be alive by then. Because that's CrossFit. It's CrossFit. 
Let's cross face. Let's cross face. What's going on right now? Why? Well, I, I, mean, I don't even know what's going on right now, pop culture okay. wise. I mean, you know, just all the shit with Trump, and if we want to get into that with his the rest of his lawyer, Michael Cohn. And... Do you need yeah. to take a sip of water, Robert? Yeah. <coughs> my allergies. Man, it's all in my chest. Oh yeah, springtime. Ring -a -ling -a -ling yeah, they had a really time. good time. <laughs> they had a really good justification to go in there and then pull all of his records and hit his office. Wow. And you think they're gonna find shit? Yes. Like what? Well, uh, uh, money laundering with Trump. Oh, it's gonna be. Oh money. right, all these fake I'm companies. The only pretty ring yeah, I'm where they're moving money through in order to subvert the, ding, the legal ding, system to set up a, you know, to build a hotel or you know, do whatever the hell you want to do over there. And Russia owns all of this. That's why Trump is hesitant to, you know, even though he did it in his speech last Friday when, you know, his uncalled for speech when, you know, you're firing tomahawk missiles, you're not committing troops to the ground. He needed to look presidential. Right. By going in front of the country. China. Uh, China. I have people that I know in China. Russia owns him. Russia China. owns Donald Trump. So they, like, China, helped China, him... China. Helped him. ...move his money? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were the beneficiaries. Wow. So, I don't know if you want to get into that or we want to talk about uh, the Battle of New Orleans or if we want to just... ...head into some more... Uh, ...some more pop culture stuff and you know sports and that you know i'm i, I would love to you know talk about you know, sports stuff if you have anything on the plate that sounds pretty good to me i'd be on board for that potato salad potato Why you, you gotta need some more lighting in there <laughs> looks like you're in a dungeon Hold on to your dicks. What I was saying to John uh, Clark is Trump's fucked. Yes, rehash. You think so? You think this is the uh, catalyst that's going to bring him uh, down? With, with the first one and the fact that that is all being handled out of the Southern District of uh, New York. Southern District. Uh, that's outside of the China. Mueller investigation. Hmm. He's, he's done because that's all Trump's uh, deals. That's everything. That's the financials. Mueller already got the financials. Uh, probably seven or eight months ago, and that's what led him to Cone. Cone's fucked. Cone is either going to do 20 years in jail or he needs to cooperate with the government, and he's going to have to have a sit-down. He's going to go home probably in the next few weeks, talk to his wife after his attorney talks to him, and say, oh, yeah, right. you think and he's say hey, honey, uh, I'm going away for 20, or I can flip and maybe go away for two or three, if that. Wow. He's done. Trump has done it. And it's not going to get him removed from office. Trump's going to be voted out. This whole thing is going to plague his entire presidency at this point just because of, of Cohn. That, that's really where it is. It's his financials. He's leveraged with Russia. That's reassuring. I didn't realize it was that deep. I knew this was bad. But yeah. I, I, yeah, I didn't realize. Collusion stuff, the collusion yeah, stuff. Right. You're not going to see anything get close to on that other than I think that with the collusion, you're going to see Ivanka and uh, Jared Kushner indicted. They're, they're going to get arrested. Wow. It's going to trickle down that bad? Yeah. Wow. Yep. That would be wow. sweet revenge. Yeah. That would be sweet tea served by mama. 
like I was telling John, I don't know if this show, if you guys, you know, want to want to touch on that. I don't know if this is the form for it. Maybe we keep it a little bit lighter, you know, because John was to John made a good point that this is this is covered. You know, everybody is nauseated with all the coverage of this and all the information coming in. So maybe, you know, and and I would tend to agree with that. But I didn't know that this is like you're saying this could be the thing that like crushes. Well, that's my take. That's my take on it based on my experience and. You're not going to hear that in the media because these anchors don't know what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to legal stuff. Right. Of course. So, right. And that's true. That's, that's also my take. And it's just my take and my take that I could be horribly wrong as well. So. No, that, no, you're a smart guy. That fine? sounds pretty accurate. Bob's uh, immune. Bob no, I think didn't say sorry. Yeah, didn't but say I sorry. Think, but you're I think he's immune from fines. You're kind of saying I'm going to put my finger like, in your face. I did not say sorry. Let's not but are, do are guests this. applicable for the Dewey laws? Are they immune? Do they have immunity from the Dewey? And the Dewey laws are guests subject to fines. Uh, uh, the bylaws of, the, of oh. the, the podcast are called the Dewey laws. The Dewey. And I wonder if fines apply to guests. I feel like we shouldn't be fining our well, I've our apologized a, new, a, a number of times, sure. so I, I owe you guys. I'm not sure what the, uh, the uh, no, amount is. But, it's uh, only going forward. I could uh, I could be having a uh, Bob Coon sponsorship on this podcast if uh, if you guys run <laughs> the collection on that. Night show sponsored by Bob. Uh, <laughs> he apologized eighty thousand times. That's not true. There <laughs> yeah. we go. Collusion. Lots of collusion. Zuckerberg confirmed it. Yeah, I, it's really it's really interesting to see this, and I you know it's it's clearly spiraling out of control, and a lot of people think the Syria strikes were um, you know it was Trump versus policy want to stay in there it was just a matter of deflection. From, from what's going on and you know yeah, to a certain extent though with the serious strikes he had to do something to answer back and i think those were prudent he had to i think those were prudent you know they hit the chemical sites and yeah they Good the hit. syrians can rebuild those in the next three or four months and they can do chemical strikes again they have other sites that we didn't hit so right. you know it's more of a you know i'm going to put my dick out on the table and hit you or something see and, tickles it yeah, <laughs> yeah, see, tickles. see see if assad wants to uh, reach for it so sad. Yeah, that's crazy. And the fact that, you know, it was the response was quick and powerful like that. That was a necessary measure. Yeah, but it was quick, but it wasn't Trump quick. Trump, uh, you know, right after it happened, he immediately President shot off. The guns. In 48 hours, we're going to have a response to Syria. True. I'm sure Mattis, uh, General Mattis, was on the phone saying, hey, buddy, we need to confirm this and we need to uh, get a target package, you know, written up. Yeah, right. For all this stuff. The yeah, we need to clarify the confirmation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's be uh, a little bit more decisive here. We're going to strike back. Oh, my gosh. Going to be powerful. Like the little man in Korea. Going to go see him. Rock man. Great job. I want it to be a success. Rock you know, bad. it's funny that Dennis Rodman is the straw that will stir that drink because he's friends with both of those maniacs. And he's 50 days sober. My fellow Americans. At 7 o'clock this evening, Eastern Time. I ordered our forces to launch a cruise missile attack. We targeted tanks, military assets that had been choking off towns and cities. It is a part of a strategy. Oh, Rodman is? Yeah. I wonder how much money he has left. I don't think much. No, he can't. He's like Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens is pretty low, too. He spent a lot of money on bullshit. Oh really? I think so. I think oh yeah, too. When you're when 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 you can't stay on a football team because you're uh, a cancer in the locker room, you know your contract gets canceled. 
you know, he lost out on tens of millions. That's right. like like Kevin that's Durant true. being uh, such a nuisance that no one signed him. Like that's how good T.O. was. He was like one of the greatest receivers of all time, but he was yeah. such a dickhead. Nobody took yeah. him on. Right, which is sad. And, you know, I would say he sank the 2004 Eagles. Oh, I mean, oh my he gosh. was part of yes. that. All that sideshowing. Yeah, because also because weak weak leadership in the locker room. If you're looking at Donovan McNabb, you know he. I don't really think he was a very good leader. Uh, no, 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 no. He wasn't a he smart, wasn't a team clutch. player captain. I mean, he was good, but it, yeah, the that affects morale very much so in the locker room. Absolutely, yeah. And you look at the Eagles' locker room now, and you have a collection. You have a collection of. I would say the talent level is a hell of a lot less in the Eagles locker room right now than it was in 2004. And you have a collection of players there who just, you know, believe in each other. And Oh, look, yeah. It, yes. Look what it did. Mental. Look what it like, did live here on the podcast. You know, look like, what happened. It's all mental. Like, they're all pro athletes. They're all capable. It's who comes up with the smarter plays and takes those chances and, and, when Belichick ex- is changing hoodies. And the execution of that and how you are able to trump up and pipe up morale. I remember at John's uh, before the wedding, a lot of the, the groomsmen were hung over. And I took them all inside a room and I gave them a Rudy kind of coach talk. Yep. And uh, I mean, that didn't happen. But punched in my mind, the dick. punched all, them all in the all dick. 35 of us. And it was really great. Cup One check. thing that did happen at your wedding that was cool was Scotty Brilliant. I wore the yarmulke and he was like, I really admire you for wearing the yarmulke. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's really respectful. And I was like. Thanks, man. I'm like an honorary Jew. Like, you know how, like, they give celebrities honorary college degrees for just being, like, fr- like a good guy? I, I feel athletes. like I have a lot of Jewish friends, and I know their culture. I feel I'm an honorary – like, I have the title. I have an honorary, like, bar mitzvah. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. I, well, that's I why I'm bold. Sign off. That's why I'm bold, because I had to wear a yarmulke at John's wedding. Yep. It, I, it, it burned. burned. It burned the scalp. <laughs> it burned it right away. The whole – and then – and then, hey, Ashley spilt holy water in her grandma's arm, and, and her started smoking. Went, ah, ah. Wow! And then you could easily see her horns. Her horns. <laughs> yes. And then she breathed a big fireball at Bob and took his beard off. He had half a beard for a night. Yeah, it was a bad night for Bob. Bad night for Bob. Bad night for Bob. Bad night. He looked good. He looked sharp. Now it was a beautiful ceremony, a beautiful wedding. We're just yeah. Making, we're that just was great. I swear, by the second night, the bartender was like, hey, Matt, how's it going? I'm like, I've bought way too many drinks down here. Time I mean, no, really. slow down. I think he like knew my story, and I knew his. I'm like, you know, <laughs> how's, how's your mom doing? How's the hip replacement happening? You know, like I was generally concerned. He's like, let's waste time. That's, that, that's the true case of like drinking too much is on vacation when like the third day they're like giving you a free drink and high-fiving you because they know they're going to get taken care of and you're going to buy a lot of drinks. Oh, Remember yeah. Remember in Williamsburg? Literally, it was like cheers. By the third day, I was going to the Greenleaf Cafe, Greenleaf Pub in, across from William & Mary College, like every day. And by the third night, they were just like, Matt! And I'm like, hey, guys. There was like an off, you know, a longshoreman in there, a merchant. You know, it was like the, the, the motley crew of, of Williamsburg locals. And like, hey, it you know. It was like from the Piano Man song. <laughs> yeah, right. Sing us a song, you jackass. Sing us a song tonight. We're all in the mood yeah. for a podcast. History hours going live. So the question that the world has on its tongue <laughs> is Andrew Jackson. Great president, 
overrated president or twenty dollar barrel. You gotta give the guy some more credit. Huh? He's a fascinating man, no matter how you slice it. What do you think, Bob? What's your thoughts on Mr. Jackson? Slash the president. He is, and he is a perfect uh, almost a caricature of the period that he lived in hmm. because he was viewed as the you know the seventh president of the United States, a man of the people, uh, of the common man. Because let's let's kind of lay the land out here. This is a time when Andrew Jackson in the eighteen late eighteen twenties, I believe he was elected in eighteen twenty eight. He served from eighteen twenty eight to eighteen thirty six. He during oh this gosh. time you did not. The common man, the the man who didn't own land, he's could just vote. a common man. <laughs> they could vote. Working so, hard with his hand. Before Jackson, before Jackson, if you did not own a certain amount of land, you couldn't vote on the president of the United States. He's just right. a common man. So you and, and look at Jackson as the common man. You know, air quotes. Uh, he destroyed the National Bank of the United States because he hated the guy in charge of the National Bank, Nicholas Biddle. And there were actually – there was merit to some of his arguments that the National Bank merit. was involved with uh, private companies in the United States and they were, enriching, the they were enriching these private companies. Yeah, and there was some coleslaw there. Working hard for the man. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. You know that though about Biddle. That's impressive. Yeah, he had feuds, and he was a he was a duelsman. He like he he would duel yes. people. And once what? Andrew Jackson did not like you, you were persona non grata. And he invited the whole country to his uh, inaugurate to the White House after he won, and they trashed like half the place. Nice. Yes, they trashed the White House, and the only way they got the people out of the White House was they had to drag a bathtub full of uh, whiskey out onto the South Lawn to draw everyone out of the White House because everybody was... <laughs> what? That really, why. truly was, you know, the common man. And all of these uh, revolutionary characters who were still alive at that point, you know, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, well, no, they died in 1826, so I'm, I'm, uh, that's blasphemy. Uh, that's malarkey right there. Irish no, but that's but a lot had, of you know, like John Quincy Adams, John Adams' son, and a lot of these guys who still the Federalists, yes, uh, who still uh, who were then the Whigs, who espoused the, uh, you know, the, this this strong federal government, which Andrew Jackson also espoused, but it was it was different back then. But anyway, the, these guys so. who had this revolutionary mindset. You wins. know, from, from the George Washington age and the John Adams and the Thomas Jefferson age, uh, they Jack were bitch. appalled at what Andrew Jackson was doing to the, to the country. And you just Andrew Jackson was not so much a product of he he did not move the country forward in terms of technology and economy like people right. think he did. He existed within that time. Uh, and he did he a lot of character of it. He did a lot of good things to expand the power of the executive president side by killing the National Bank, yes. uh, by the Indian Removal Act, the Trail of Tears, Trail which of tears. he he started, Trail but it really happened under Van Buren after him. Van Buren could have stopped it. He did not, uh, which right. you was know, horrible. And Andrew Jackson was a slave owner. He wasn't a common man. He was one of the wealthiest men in America. When Sir, he was just a common, Bob, what and does he it- 
Something happened. He ran for president in 1824, winning a plurality of the popular and electoral vote. He won. He won the popular vote, and but in terms of the electoral college, he tied with Quincy, Quincy Adams. Right for Quincy's what? reelection. Yes, Quincy so, was a one-term corrupt president. bargain. It went to a vote in the House of Representatives. Quincy was a one-termer, right, Bob? Yes. Yeah, he because, served a term, and Andrew Jackson beat him then after that in 1840. Sounds like corruption. Yeah, and it's really interesting when you look at Andrew Jackson. You're absolutely right how he kind of changed the game and, and ushered in a new era of that time because before him, you had Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Monroe, Madison, and Quincy. These were all guys that were uh, – a lot of them were signers of the, of the Declaration of Independence. A lot of them Rebels. were in that Federalist. You know, and then he kind of ushered in a new, yeah. new kind of era of um, – the executive branch. Nerdiness. And Jackson Jackson was presiding oh, over a country which was tearing itself apart. You know, we had slave states and non-slave states. And this is he was president also during the you know the rise of abolition and and you yes. know anti-slavery and really going at the heart of you know the the heart horrible, of the city. The horrible you know things we were doing. You know, we have a written in the Constitution that all men are created equal. Well you know, not in America. We, you know, we have, you know, right. These, right. these black people working in the fields. So, yeah. Oh, geez. And he was part and parcel. Oh, love. He, he was, he was totally involved in that. And he was a very rich man because of that. Right. So, you know, very he, interesting he, character. And, and what's interesting to, to, to see Literally. too, is he came to Washington as an, in his inauguration hmm. in a, carriage. he, he went by horseback and carriage into Washington in 1828 by 1836 when he left office he left by train and steamboat that's amazing uh, to really the think about the, the evolution advanced so much in such a short time that that industrial revolution yeah the eli whitney and the cotton gin and that's why you hear people there's a great debate among historians in terms of the jacksonian age and what propelled that and you know this this rise of the common man because of the technology because of the economy uh but jackson really only presided over that he didn't uh promote it is it I don't like think. trump with all the That's midwesterners really who felt left out during obama's reign he appealed to the forgotten yes. blue collar common man and i'm one of you well i'll i have your back yeah, no. It, to a certain extent, yes, but that to draw parallels thing. between Jackson and Trump is that's false equivalency, and and it's historically inaccurate. Uh, Trump, I think, president. likes to draw parallels between him and Jackson. Oh, he uh, loves him. There, there's no. Oh, really? There's there's no equivalence. Yeah. Jackson, Andrew Jackson was a general. Uh, he fought the battle in New Orleans. Yeah, he was a man. I'm away from home. He made great sacrifices. Uh, for his country, you know, you know, there's a lot of good and bad that go with everything he did. So Trump right. has none of that. And Trump is no. actually a product of our time, like this Kardashian reality show time we're living in. That is why he's the president. And that's why people were literally considering The Rock and Oprah to run against him in two oh my gosh. years. Right. We're a product of the quick mad name you know, being famous for, for being famous kind oh. of thing. I know that Not guy. He's on TV. Yeah, let's vote for him. I, I, I can watch him. He's relatable. He's just like me. He's a, he's a billionaire. I can understand why people voted for Trump in terms of shaking up Washington, 
What I can't understand right now is why people still support still him. Still support him, right. Yeah, I, I get, in the, as crazy as you might think it is in the beginning, thinking this guy would go in and shake it up, but if you can oh. still support him today, then come on. Uh-oh, John just saw... Sorry, uh, home run. Uh, bottom oh of the fourteenth in Minnesota. Kingery? Was it Kingery? No, it's Twins. The the Phillies lost. It's Twins. Cleveland. Top of the fourteenth. Home run. Indians. One nothing. Sorry, guys. Oh yeah, no, the fourteenth. Like hole. like no, you'll, the fourteenth. Yeah, like nineteen fourteen, which was actually coincidentally the start of World War One by the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. Um, yeah. Bob, I believe Archduke. that was um, Dukey. Hungary. Uh, yes, uh, I think so. Yeah, it's very similar so. parallel to the top. Of the I hope I hope some of the many listeners of the podcast would fact check us on that. I want Please some. Do. I want Please some do. I want to say it was Yugoslavia, actually. I uh, I can't remember my my world. All those war- shitty countries run together. No, I'm kidding. <sighs> my World War One knowledge is uh, horrible. Great yeah, mine too. It's an overlooked war in a lot of ways. World War II kind of takes center stage. I mean, we only got involved later on in, um, yeah. you know, Wilson. Woodrow. Woodrow Wilson. W. W.W. Yep. Woodrow Wilson. The great racist. But yeah, was he a racist man? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know racist. that. <laughs> Woodrow was... <laughs> Woodrow was... Yeah. No, I just... Bob starts I making claims. Yeah, I'm defaming a uh, former president of the United States. <laughs> Had a big talk with Chester A. Arthur, racist as can be. The uh, but Andrew Jackson, though, very interesting to think about. Your yeah, point. And, and being he, a top I, uh, man, but he's also really, I have he's really a uh, an interesting uh, study in terms of America at that time. I mean, he grew up in uh, Waxhaw, North Carolina, Ooh, and that's where that's where during. Wax off, wax off. Yeah, just, uh, just south of Charlotte, North Carolina. Huh. So you're, you're talking North Carolina, South Carolina border. You're talking mint julep and condescension. He, <laughs> you're talking Confederate yeah, soldier with talking, uh, you, know, you better have my mint julep out there. <laughs> there it is. Foghorn, Foghorn. Foghorn, like. There is going to be some hell to pay. I wish you wore a white suit with like a white you know, 20 gallon cap was like, there's going to be hell to pay woman. And your, your hands are always kind of in your pants, but there's like you a drive a 1978, like giant white Cadillac <laughs> with horns. With yeah. Big horns horns on, front, front. on the, uh, on the grill. Yeah. yeah that's, what you need to, that's what you need to wear to Talladega and be like, where's my mint julep? I'm looking for uh, a good sound here, but I'll get it later. All but right. yeah, you know, Jackson was, he, he propelled the nation. He, he empowered the executive mm. branch of the government, but he also hmm. he he hurt us. He hurt us with the Indian Removal Act. He hurt yes. us. Oops. Obviously, he was <laughs> he was a white supremacist. But you need to take that in the context. No wonder Trump likes him. Ah. You need you need to take that in the context of his time. That's judging right. him unfairly. Andrew was trying to get the Indians out, just like I am. Yeah, I, and he killed the National Bank, which caused the economic collapse and the panic of 1838 because we had no federal monetary system going back and forth you know we 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 had gone from coins to federal bonds right yeah went from a monetary if you upgrade the removal acts name to be politically correct it sounds so fucking stupid native american removal act uh... (laughs) right i know it's it but yeah i think you do with with any part in history you need to take in the context the 
temperature of the time and how yeah, the you, people were. Yeah, you judge so you much. judge the individual in the context of their time. And obviously today, yes. Andrew Jackson, if you judge him in today's time, he's a monster. But, like Christopher Columbus. Well, yeah. Well, he might have been a monster in his own time, though. He was a monster. Conqueror. Conqueror. Flew over on dragons. He was a savage. Yes, Bur- he flew over. Obviously, obviously, anything to do with slavery uh, is is horrible. Right. Uh, you, you can't you you can't get away from that. And Andrew Jackson, a lot of slaves. George Washington had slaves. Thomas Jefferson. You know, you go through all the white men who have been our presidents Abe up to that. Time. What? Yeah, and it's. <laughs> But, you know, you don't defame Abe Lincoln like that. I joke. <laughs> but, yeah, Jackson's a very colorful sense. colorful but, president. And I think there should be more, like, works on him, more films. and He is. Know, right. Clark, there are some great books on him. Uh, the, yeah, give me one. Let me write it down. The Age of Jackson by Arthur Schlesinger, which was written in the, uh, I believe, the 60s. That's, the fir- that's where you want to start. And then What God Hath Wrought. Uh, I've by, heard of that one by Hal, which was written in 2007, which basically uh, disembowels Jackson. Ooh, I mean, it, it really way because he he hates the fact that it's called the Jacksonian era, and I tend to agree with that. That Jackson wasn't the driving force in that era. Jackson was presiding over that era when things happened, and yes, he had oh. a major, he had a major impact on it, but he oh. didn't. He wasn't driving where America was was ultimately going. Wow, it's almost like, again, Trump kind of riding Obama's, you know, pushing this country to get on the same terms. He's just He was just kind of riding that now. He's not oh my liking God. any of it. Yeah, yeah right, right, good point. Of it. Uh, yeah, it's tough to analyze, you know, even with the Obama yeah, presidency and, and now Trump, it's tough to analyze that because really it's, it, it really hasn't all shake, shaked out yet. It hasn't been all shaken out. Of course. Uh, that's a horrible term. I am... You know, but it, it, Ooh, we, oh my gosh. we need to wait oh. a couple of decades and then. Yeah. Right. Of course. And then, right. and then when yeah. we die, we'll look back and be like, yeah, we were time certainly is a thickener of things. Time certainly is, it is. Chunky. Now that we have had all the uh, podcastle listeners tune out. No way. They're tuning in. I thought I'm so, I'm so amazed listeners. that Andrew Jackson's on our $20 bill and it sounds like he doesn't deserve to be. Why don't you bring that up, John? Because he was totally against the federal system of currency. Oh my gosh! Of allowing allowing our United States government administering the currency. He wanted to leave it up to the, the states private sector. and and the private sector to determine that. Yeah. Which, which in the day went perfectly with his beliefs. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Weird. He, he would be furious if he was alive today and saw himself on a $20 note. It's I'm, ironic, too, wow. because it's like it's like Reagan having an airport named after him, you know, uh, because of the strike and everything that it's he, putting he's, 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 Chief Joseph's head on a stamp. Jackson <laughs> killed the National Bank and it caused an economic collapse in 1830. The, the panic of 1838. Yeah. Oh, because of that reason too. Like he, that's the aftermath of it. And I never thought about it that way. But that I know about yeah, the panic, he devalued. But... He essentially devalued all of the banknotes coming out of the federal government. So all the all of the companies, and all the private sectors that were involved with that national federal bank essentially became uh, valueless. They they were zero. 
What the fuck? That's fu- fucked up. Oh, oh, and the twins tie it up in the bottom of the 14th with a home oh my gosh. run. Crazy. Sorry. The bottom of the 14th? Bottom of the 14th in Minnesota. Wow. Playing that <laughs> dome and it's all like. Bottom of, 14th, Bottom of the 14th, Serrano's going to need a rocket up his ass to get to that one. Update from Arizona. Oh, it looks like Longoria. Out of here. Giants lead 2-0 in the bottom of the sixth. Who who hit the home run? Uh, they cut to the Giants game. It didn't so this guy hit a rocket sleep. out of there, much like the Saturn V rocket was launched um, in the midnight. I believe it was oh 66, Bob, the Saturn V rocket. I think you're right. The first test flight. The uh, test flight was 66. Around that yeah. that ballpark. Yeah, still the most powerful rocket ever to come off of a uh, pad in the continental United States. It's amazing. What do they call it? The wig part. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, they wore wigs back then. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure of the. Uh, yeah, because the spelling's different. Like it doesn't really. Like how did make... they all agree? Like yes, we'll be called the wig. The Federalist. Gosh. It is. And I'm I'm sure there if somebody who was a hell of a lot smarter than me was listening to this, they'd be jumping up and down right now. Uh saying Phew. you need to say this and that. And I honestly I, I don't have a good answer for that. It's I just, don't think anybody does. It's it's and a, the Wake Party dissolved in the eighteen fifties over the slavery. <laughs> so is that when it was dissolved? It was eighteen fifty? Yeah. Uh, so the 18, last Whig president like was 1850. 1850. It started to go downhill when Abraham Lincoln was in Congress in 1846, and that's Franklin Pierce was why he didn't get elected, reelected. He served one term in Congress, voted against the Mexican-American War, oh, which yeah. essentially got him. He was removed. He didn't see it fit. Uh, because really the, the context for going into that war was kind of bullshit anyway, but it got us a shitload of land. Uh, oh, yeah. But the Whigs after that in the 1850s uh, were just consumed with the, the slavery issue. <laughs> that was the big deal. Was Franklin Pierce a Whig president? Pierce was president. I think he, he got elected in 1848 and served until – 1854, so that would, uh, or 1852, 1852. Okay, so he was president during the, so he wasn't a Whig president, but he was president when that was dissolved, that party. I believe so. Once again, podcast listeners, kill us on this. The the Protestant element who held the parliament could prevent such a succession came to be called Whigs after a radical Presbyterian group in Scotland, the Whigamores, while the party tended to the doctrine of the rights of King James II. Oh, King James II. The Whigamores. The Whigamores. You can run independently for like a, a Whig party. Like you now, you can put any party on the independent ballot. You know, it's the Green Party, the, the Yellow Party. Mr. Clark and Mr. Coons run for the the Whig Party, ladies and gentlemen. We're even Scottish. And this is all the ticket. And I want like like old daguerreotype pictures of us too. Oh yeah, period pictures where like yeah. our hairs are Goldilocks of white manes going down. You know, and we look like the Quaker Oats guy on everything. Yeah, and I am going to have to wear a wig. So. 
And I'll wear a wig too, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll do the wig, <laughs> the Federalist wig party. I would love for that to come back. Oh yeah, I'd be on both the wigs. Those right. white, curly ponytail and, wigs. Yeah. Going off of Clark's comment, with uh, he tried to shoehorn in there with the Saturn V rocket. Yeah, uh, right. If that thing ever uh, detonated on the pad, oh shit! Uh, like at liftoff, oh, it would have been. Uh, similar to a Hiroshima bomb. Oh my gosh! No shit, that bad. Whoa! Yeah. Wow. A lot of lot of power in there. Yes. That's a lot of power crazy. and a lot of fuel. Yeah, Bob. the fuel just to get that thing off the ground is astronomical. Oh, you can see it barely makes it off the pad each time. Right. I mean, and the astronauts even talk about it. Like they look at the launch tower when they were when the engines start to fire. And they, it's like they said it's akin to like holding a garden hose, like six, six inches down from the the neck of it, you know, um, the spout, and then turning it on and then controlling that, you know, it's gonna waggle back and forth. Oh, so yeah. they would lean into the pad, lean away from the pad. They'd lean into the pad and then start. They started to see the rocket rise, but they'd still be like leaning into the pad, leaning away. Dry That's humping. crazy. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing to watch videos of that thing, too. I mean, it truly is. Now, why couldn't it have, like, a propeller on the nose <coughs> and just... What do you mean? Gravitational pull. What do you mean a propeller on... For what... what Like, instead of an explosion underneath to shoot it into the sky, couldn't it just, like, a helicopter just pinwheel all the way up into space? No. Why not? No. They, they, you know, <laughs> the answer. No. There, there's been a lot of no. NASA, uh, keep going. I don't know what you call them. I mean, just these technological, uh, ideas about how we can get men to space. I mean, even like making like a giant elevator, you yeah. know, just take them up that way because oh it's God. a lot less dangerous. Right. You know, it's a lot less oh dangerous gosh. than sitting on, you know, Hundreds of thousands of pounds of propellant. Exactly, that that's my my point. Going to do a control a controlled explosion in engines, and then Curious you're going to launch different. yourself up. But that doesn't get you into orbit. That takes you up to space. Oh, so you have to be like pushed. You need to accelerate from the pad oh. to orbit. You need to go from zero miles an hour to seventeen thousand five hundred miles an hour, which is five miles a second. Because you, you know, have to beat the, the, not, the no gravity in space. You have exactly. to go against it exactly. so you can move. That's, that's the divider. So you can't really do that. You can do that and get to space, but you're not going to be able to, like, you know, dock with the space station or anything. Go you know? anywhere, really. You're just going to yeah. float. You're just up there. I was like, no, well, what about a big float. balloon? If, if you – yeah, they've done that. I mean, guys in the Air Force uh, and the, the, the Red Bull guy have done it. They go on to like, you know, I think like 40 or 50 miles and jump out of it. And these guys can reach supersonic speeds, just their bodies going through the atmosphere because there's no wind resistance. They break oh. the sound. Holy shit. Yeah. No shit. No air. There's no air. Beyond, beyond about 15 or 16 miles in our atmosphere – there is very little air. You're in the upper stretches of the atmosphere. It's very thin. Yeah. The air. So, you know, when you fly on a commercial plane, you know, at 
you're probably at, you know, 34, you know, at the highest, maybe 40,000 feet. So the most you're, you know, you know, five to, you know, seven miles above the earth, uh, you're, you're, you're just in the, in the atmosphere. And they talk about those G forces. And I, I, sometimes I feel that on a plane and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to puke. And then it like stops. But I'm like, if I was in a rocket, I, my, my lunch would come right out of my mouth full. Well, you think about when you take off on a plane, you're probably feeling maybe like one and a half G when you're, you're propelling the space shuttle. When they used to launch that was three, three G's and that's eight and a half minutes. So you go up. Oh, like shuttle, a sex oh, 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 oh. <laughs> He's yeah. on fire. Exactly. Like, That's wild. Crying. That is crazy. Nope. Turn around. Turn around. And I don't want to go. Just pushing you. And then all of a sudden the engines quit and you're weightless. Clark, Bob perfectly explained why they can't <clears> use <throat> a propeller or a big balloon to uh, get up in outer space. Because of the, uh, the, the gravitational force. Yes, you need to go against it. So you need to be like shoved, like thrown. You can't just float. Well, the Earth turns. That too. Uh, the Earth turns to, the, the best I can explain this is like to the right. Yeah. So it spins to the right. To the right. So clockwise. Yes, it clockwise. Spins clockwise. So that's right. why they launch rockets from right, Cape Canaveral. Because... Part of that launch helps th- throw the rocket up oh, into orbit. To boost the thrust. Because yeah. Bo- I think the Earth is, spinning, Earth is spinning something like 8,000 miles per hour. Like that. How much is it? I, I don't know. 75 million? I'm really going to be probably off on this, but it's something like 8,000 miles per hour. That's crazy. Yeah. I believe it. No, I know it's, it's crazy, but that's wild. So it's when amazing. you throw a rocket off that, and then you know they reach the orbital inclination, you know they're weightless. Don't it's mess. It's a gap to the right. Stand up and double going, top of the fifteen. They're, they're going five miles a second with the rotation of the Earth. That's incredible. It's, it, Gomez hit a, oh dub, a double. Stand up double. Closing the gap, much like the gap of the Battle of the Stone was closed when Patton's army came in to rescue Easy Company. In World War II, and the gap of to Germany uh, and winning the war was breached even more. Similar. Do not fuck with. Do not fuck with Pat. Don't fuck with. He's gonna Pat. grease the. He's gonna grease the uh, treads of his tanks with the blood and guts of Nazis. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Don't mess with. Hmm. Don't mess with Patton. But really interesting though, when you talk about your. We can listen to Bob all day because your your knowledge of 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 space, the space program, and history is really unsurpassed by anyone. It's truly, well, you know so much. It's deep, well deep well oiled machine. It's very good. It's a deep well of knowledge. Very well, deep. I read a lot, and I'm a Cold very boring man. No, you have great books, and I uh, uh, urge you to check out the Age of Jackson. Which is the first book by Andrew Jackson. I'm talking about this like you wrote it. The Age of Jackson is now available on Amazon and <laughs> scheduled retailers by uh, Mr. Bob here. And uh, what God, what yes, God hath wrought. You should write a book, man. You should write uh, a library of books. People would buy them. No, I, I really can't because I steal everything from other 
historians. So I, I can't. I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't. I don't think at this point I'd be able to write anything uh, that would advance the knowledge. I, I'm still trying to gain the knowledge. So still you know to piece most. it all together, put it in the right place in your head. Yeah, and that's Violet. exactly what my te- my professor said during my senior thesis. Jesus. So really, yeah, when I wrote about the nullification crisis of 1832. Oh wow, what is that? That's when South Carolina tried to secede from the Union. That's when we almost had a civil war uh, that we had in 1861, but it would have happened in 1832. Oh, oh my gosh. shit! That's Andrew Jackson pulled his pants down, put his penis on the table, and and told South Carolina, Tickled. Uh, if, if you guys want to secede, I'm marching 7,000 troops to the border, and I, uh, I raise you. Wow. And they I backed down them. pretty quickly after that. Yeah, they, uh, they shut the hell up. South Carolina, man. Wow. And they were the first to secede uh, when Lincoln was elected. So. Right. That's true, and interrupted at yeah, Fort South Carolina has always been, a, always has been a crazy state because it was such a planter state. There was such a uh, hardcore, you know, plantation economy there. It's a hotbed and, and slavery. God. But you also had in Charleston, you had a lot of middle class merchants who weren't really on board with any of this shit. So it was, it's an interesting kind of like my yeah. me, I guess. I like the it name. Is. The nullification crisis. The nullification. Tonight, nullification crisis. Nullification crisis. Yeah, I'll tell you, researching that was probably the the most cool thing I've ever did in my life because I actually got to go to UNC at Chapel Hill and oh. sit in their basement in the archives, and they had original documents, stuff that was— Oh, my gosh. Signed by Andrew Jackson, stuff that was, you know, newspapers from 1831 and 1830 that I was literally looking through. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. They let me handle this crap. I couldn't believe they let somebody handle that. That's amazing. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Were you supervised? Was it like? You couldn't bring anything in there but a uh, legal pad of paper and a lead pencil. You couldn't bring a pen in. Wow. That's and incredible. It was all like humidity controlled. It was pressure. Yeah, I was going to say like, and, yeah, yeah. And that's you, pretty cool. You had to schedule it out and you know really have your uh, eyes and and T's. Uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Use yeah, that was fun. I, I I would love to be able to do that again. Yeah, that's that's wild. Wow. So uh, yeah, UNC has the largest collection of. Southern history uh, primary documents. Oh, really? So, they, have, yeah. they maintain that pretty well. Yes, they do an excellent job. Isn't there something amazing about getting close to uh, history in that regard, like actual documents? I'm not talking about, you know, it's cool to visit sites and everything, it's, but to actually be in front of like the actual oh, yeah. you know, jacket that like oh. Lincoln wore or something. I mean, there's just something like amazing about all of that, just to be yeah, like, right you, there. Archives at Washington D.C. and you see oh. the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights and you know the Constitution and everything. It's it's awe inspiring. I mean, it's almost like I don't when I go there. I don't I don't even know how to take it in. I'm just overwhelmed. Yeah, it's, you just need to like be. You know, it is incredible to be in that room. Slaveocracy, yeah. slave power. I'm reading about. Oh my that gosh. Right now. Slave yeah. power. 
this political power in the government held by the slave owners. It was basically like their their title oh, yeah. back then, slave power. Yeah, most of the Southern congressmen in Congress, you know, pre-1860, 1861, you know, they were all slave owners. Right. Oh, my gosh. Well, who do you think is going to pass legislation to, you know, fit oh what, you know, benefit? It's... Yeah, right. It's common sense. And pre-Civil War and... When you look up that and the Lincoln. kind of the the evolution of you know the Dixiecrats and, yeah. and how they did it, I mean they were just as corrupt as any as like we would consider certain political members today, even though they were considered like the good guys then. I mean it's just amazing to see how that's changed and how much it hasn't. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting take too, Clark, because you you look through history through this refracted scope of today. You know we're right. all coming from it from our perspective. From today, and oh my God, this sounds so horrible. But it's what we want to read. To, oh my know, gosh! To a lot of people back then, you know, a lot of this stuff was the the normal, you know. So yet you, you have to really ground yourself in where uh, those people were living at that time, when? and and to really put it into context of how things were going, because you really can't go forward in terms of history if you're not putting right. yourself into the right context. If you're looking at everything through our judgments and our refracted lens from 2018, you know, it's not going to translate to 1832. Right. Right. Yeah. Very good point too. You know? So, you know, that's why that's I feel it. like a lot of these people, you know, Jefferson has been kind of demonized and obviously right. you know, slavery issue. There's no, there's no debate about that. That was a horrible institution in this country. And it was, it was, it was, you know, just the, the worst thing that we, this country probably ever did. And, you know, we built a lot of this country on the back of those slaves and we fought a horrible war to end it. Of course. Um, and, and yeah, I think most people put that into consideration and context. Um, but, even you know, excluding slavery and even the pyramids, which is built by aliens. But the, uh, no. Stone exactly. Age. But you do have to put yourself in the context of that, of the times, you know. Um, even 20 years ago, there's things that, uh, you got to, you could get away with it on television or whatever that you just couldn't get away with today. There was things on Friends that you could that that happened that you couldn't get away with today. Yeah, and you, um, put you yourself know. in the context. It was a different time. And we need to make sure though that we don't go to a point of this political correctness. No, it's got to can't. Yeah, it's dangerous. Need, there needs to be something. There needs to be a, a wall there at some point that where we're not just getting offended to get offended. Right. And, and I, I worry that that. Preach. That that drives a certain side of our politics to a certain extent. So, oh my yeah, they don't offend anybody. White knights. He's racist, not me. I'm good, but he he's racist. Just so you know, it's make a loud noise, but no, doesn't work that way. No, yeah. Also, people are morons that say, "Oh, I don't see colors. I'm colorblind." (laughs) No, you should see colors because they're all. Beautiful different colors of God's creation and ever. cultures and stop it. I don't see people in color. Okay, well then you're, you're blind. Eyes are broken because there's right. color everywhere. Everything is in color, different colors. On the last and history cool. hour, I asked Bob a series of questions of would he rather. One of them example was would he rather be in the Doolittle Raid or be the man that stopped John Wilkes Booth? Bob Ooh. was very quick to give us his cinnamon on these answers 
his food terms are getting get his, his uh, low salt soy sauce. But Bob's a grown man, and I, here I am, another grown man, saying I appreciate your your sentiment on this. If somebody like just tuned in now to see us, and they're like, I like your garlic, they would think it was a a, a, a gay romp <laughs> yeah. about to go on. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're about to Eiffel Tower. Yeah, I buy your French toast. So, Bob, let me ask you, uh, John. Do we have time to do this? Do we have to jump into sports? I don't want to. I don't want to hijack it like no, uh, no, like, I, a gar- like a garlic weasel. Yeah, I want. I want some sports with John on oh, this well, one. I, well, I got to wrap up at midnight. Oh, I'm so. done. I'm done. I'm done. All right. Sixers oh, list Embiid as doubtful for Game Three versus Heat. And now, sports with John. 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 Sports with 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 John, 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 so Embiid got clocked in the head by his teammate Markel Fultz, our number one pick, by accident, freak play, broke his orbital bone. So he's missed game one and two. The series is tied 1-1 after a heroic Dwayne Wade, I don't think he can do it two games in a row, performance in game oh my two gosh. in Philly. So now back to Miami. Damn. I know. You so, going to go to the game? Yes. And did you see Embiid's tweet uh, two nights ago after that route, uh, after the game where he said, I'm, I'm, he said something on the order of, and I'm not going to quote it correctly, I'm, I'm sick and fucking tired of being babied. Yeah, he, that was on Instagram. Oh, shit. On Instagram, he said, I'm fucking tired of being babied. Like, let me play. It's like, yeah. I'm going to try not to get hit in the eye. Yeah, it's killing him right now uh, to, to just sit there and watch his team get beat like that. Yeah, right. Yes. I know. If he was playing, they, Wade wouldn't have done that. And I think once he plays, we win uh, three straight now that we have to. If this thing goes seven, I just can't take it. And for the Eagles, all no, that all that exhaustion, like the, the whole run, the Super Bowl, the celebration, it's like I know it's, the Sixers it takes so much out of you. They're not gonna win it all, but they could go really far. But I think yeah. their inexperience is gonna permit that from going too. But John, we could just be jerking off into a ceiling fan right here. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Gosh. A ceiling fan. The best uh, gratuitous uh, alliteration from Mr. Mr. Bob. Yeah, we it 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 could be we we might be getting a little too excited about the Sixers. They they might not be there yet, but God, I hope they are. Because I'm not right. even a basketball fan, but go Sixers. Back after their game one loss, uh, LeBron goes crazy in the first quarter, scoring 20 points. Um, they win 100 to 97. They eke out one in Cleveland. LeBron finishes oh my with 36 points. Victor Oladipo, 22 for the Pacers. In other news, it seems like either Adam Schefter's creating fake news uh, or Tom Brady Blast and the Patriots me. are not on. Tom Brady and the Patriots are like having negotiation trouble because he has not signed to play this year yet. And he normally what, he, has by now. So maybe he's thinking at 40 he's going to step away? Nor, I know there's nor just, Gronk. I, I know there's dissension, and I know Gronk made the comments after the Super Bowl that he was thinking about retirement. You know, obviously he's had a lot of head injuries, and 
you know, me Gronk like football. Uh, <laughs> but know, it, me by stake and derby horse named Gronk too. Huh? <laughs> yeah, but he's also had, you know, he's he's kind of like shacking it up a little bit where he's got, you know, it, he's putting his personality out there and really making a lot of money outside of the NFL. Uh, you know, right. if I'm Gronk, I, re- I retire. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah, you know? I know. I don't, yeah, shit. good move. But if I'm Brady, Brady doesn't need to play football anymore. I mean, I I think there's a lot going on within the New England Patriots uh, front office and in that locker room right now. And it's, uh, you know, I think Brady, Brady will sign, Brady will play. It it will be what it will be. And we'll see a continual decline. You know, you know, it is what it is. He's an exceptional exceptional athlete. The best quarterback I think we've ever seen. You know, we should enjoy it while it's still here. True. Uh, I hate the Patriots. I hate that guy, but I respect the what you're saying. The the uh, you know the talent and and what he does in the football field. It's yeah, we'll great. talk about it in 50 years from now. I mean, it's something special to be able to witness at this time. Yeah, I hate him too. I mean, I hate the Patriots, but it's um, you are witnessing something special. And I think he'll have two more years left in him. Although I said that two years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, that guy could play. I mean, he's in great shape for I mean, we've, we've seen his age in the Super Bowl. But he can still, he, he got another three, four years in him. Yeah, they I mean, gashed. He's doing great. They I mean, gashed the Eagles. They gashed the Eagles. I mean, he had, I think it was 511 <laughs> yards. Yeah. Sing? Yeah, he played a good game. Right. I mean, you're going to see him around. Sticking with football, Dolphins invite Stoneman Douglas students. Uh, family of the slain coach to announce their draft picks in the upcoming draft. Bob oh, is not nice. Soon. I know, it's kind of cool. Stoneman Douglas reminds me of Stonewall Jackson, one of the fiercest generals to ever walk the field of the Civil War. <laughs> he wanted to uh, take the, uh, the whole, uh, the, what Sherman did with the, you know, burn and uh, completely degenerate the South, and he wanted to do that with the Union early on in the war. The South could have done that. They should yep. have done that if they wanted to win it. And uh, Lee and uh, Jefferson Davis didn't have the Stones. So, yeah, exactly. But, uh, only Stoneman Douglas. Yeah, great, great story. That's that's fantastic. Much, you know, much kids, like uh, we need great. to keep that. Al- we need to keep that alive with uh, with what happened there. That needs a hundred percent. Absolutely. Forefront of our national conversation on gun control. Absolutely. Just like Truman should have give have the balls to give MacArthur more power in the Korean War and you know get those fuckers out of there. Yeah, just lay down a bunch of radioactive waste on the thirty eighth parallel. You know that's what I'm talking about. Over to playoff hockey, oh Golden Knights first NHL franchise to sweep playoff series in inaugural season. Can you believe everyone is jumping on this bandwagon? And we have been following this fucking team since they were like ten and two, and we noticed and they-, they won like six in a row at home. Is that the Las Vegas team? Yes. Yeah. The Vegas Golden Knights Vegas were fierce nice, much like Edward III of Canterbury's Knights were during the... Okay, I've got it down. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a... Oh, really stretching it out here. I, I can't. No, I can't do medieval history. I can tell you like... You're late. talented, buddy, but holy shit, man. No, I can't, couldn't do that. <laughs> Edward III. Three, two, one. Continuing wow. in hockey. Uh, and... Right now, the Sharks lead the Ducks in the second period, one nothing. You can catch that game on the Golf Channel. That's oh my true. gosh, that makes sense. 
Really? Makes sense. Yep. Makes total sense. In the world we're living in right now, makes perfect sense. I believe it. Let's just go with it, you know? Yeah. Let's just uh, throw caution to the wind and uh, lick some windows and let's just yeah. go. Get on the special bus and let's go. The sharks, much like the painted <laughs> emblems of a shark on the B-1 bombers during World War II and the Doolittle raids, which were actually uh, not B-1s. They were... Um, B- B-25s. 25s. The Mitchells. B- yes. Mitchells? Indeed. Yeah. Dude. Yes. Love a good love a good Mitchell, man. Yep. She's fat. Let's let's drop some weight. She's fat. Fat leg. Get get up. Lose some weight. Still too heavy. Paint these brooms black and put them up there as guns. Let's go. John, I really want you to start lashing out some more when we uh, shoehorn the history stuff in here. Over to yeah. baseball. Oh uh, the standings in the league. Boston Red Sox, best team in baseball, fourteen and two. By the way, this Minnesota. Uh, hey, leave. Cleveland Minnesota game in the bottom of the 15. Oh my gosh. Wait, the fake league. They still much like tied? The fake league, because you don't agree with that league, much like many did not agree with the League of Nations, which is Woodrow Wilson's um, precursor to the current uh, United Nations. The League of Nations well, failed. He, he couldn't get it passed. He couldn't get it passed. He had a stroke. His wife was basically running the presidency after that. So, Bob, you're certainly right. And I'll, I'll tell you, John. Uh, Admire your polio. I, I actually want to comment on. Uh, <laughs> It was a disease that I, I hope you don't have it. But it's eradicated. It was a disease that I'm sorry. Your pox. Actually, for comment what you're saying there, I I love the uh, Red Sox uh, New York Yankees uh, rivalry is back. Oh hell yes, I agree. As much as us Philly fans hate the Red Sox, most yes. of the fans uh, and the Yankees, the team, uh, they're common dandies. Oh, it's great for baseball. It's just great for baseball. The Absolutely. the fact that they're both uh, right on uh, right on top of each other is uh, fantastic. So, yeah, just want exactly. to that in there. When they're relevant, it's more exciting. Uh, I don't think any other sport is really like that. Like, I don't want any of the other teams to be good. Yes. Um, Who agreed. else is in that in that um, division though? The Sox, Sox, Jays, Yankees, Rays, Jays, and Orioles. Jays. Orioles are blowjobbing. They really are. Oh, it's sad. Five and thirteen. That's pathetic. Baltimore still has a baseball team. I know, right? Why? Uh, yeah, right. Precisely. Indians at the top of the Central. Angels thirteen and four. They are all. They have like all the pieces now. They have fucking. Oh my gosh. Hitters. They have that Japanese guy who's like seven feet tall. Can they can do everything. Six. Right. They're going to be fun to watch, the Angels. The Go Japanese guy is, um, is Japanese guy. I read Shohei Otani. Much, much like the Japanese yeah. during World War II. <laughs> We're really stretching deep here. Well, his dad flew Zeros into uh, the bombing of Pearl Harbor. So Zeros were faster than Mustangs. Did you know that? They were faster than a P-51 Mustang and more maneuverable. I didn't know if that was true or not. I... I can't confirm or deny that, but I wouldn't, you know, I, if they, you know, if they retrofitted those things and dropped some weight, you know, so they could get in there and drop the bombs and kick our ass. Oh, could you imagine flying one of those things? Even a P-51, like an original, you'd be scared it would break down. Yeah. I'm um, scared to I'm get up in the morning. Of- I'm not scared about that. I'm uh, more scared about uh, controlling my uh, boner with the uh, controls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Oh I, think, I heard a, a racial slur that I'd oh, no. never heard before. Uh, 
used for a, a person of Asian descent. Sleepwalkers. Oh my gosh. Hmm. Huh. Never heard that. Me no. neither. Don't know why that would be a connotation. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to really put some thought into that one. Mull it over. Oh, sleepwalkers. In the National League, the Mets, 13-4, and four, lead the division. Phillies, 10-7 and seven right now. They lost tonight, but they're 7-3 and three overall their last 10. Uh, in the Central, the Pirates and the Diamondbacks in the West. Let me tell you something. The Phillies the uh, the bats West. right now, and they have, they have the young guys yep. going for them. Yeah, just need uh, or they they probably need another one or two guys for some depth at pitching, and I think the Phillies this year could be a wild card team in the playoffs. They could sneak in there. They're not going to really go too far, but their their time's coming. Yeah, good point. Something's building right now, and you're going to see that come to fruition in the next two to three years. It's going to yeah, you know, starting to like rebuild just the way they did before to win the World Series. They you can see that young guys who are exceptional, and then they just they develop them and then slowly add pieces and then they reset the clocks they're making it work yeah and what's great to see is the phillies are pulling these guys from their farm teams the iron pigs and you know the the redding phillies they're not just pulling off of waivers you know and and taking away from other teams they're they're really evaluating talent really grassroots yeah man it's really yeah yeah kind of the howie rose my gosh mentality there absolutely yeah i like the idea that they're uh you definitely see that happening. Wild Bruno, card team. WWE Hall of Famer Bruno San Martino dies at 82. I don't know uh, him. I'm just seeing he must that have been right really now. old. He was before he, our time. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I don't know that guy. He was Probably like, Andre the Giant picked up and slammed. But Yep. Clark, have you oh, seen that's... the Andre documentary yet? No, I have not. I have not watched yet. I was. I just got the Band of Brothers. You need to get right off this podcast right now. I Stop. know. I, I'm good. To, I'm good to watch it tonight. I was stuck with Easy Company, man. Dude, I had to watch Easy Company again. It is so well done. John and I were talking it's that about that. Good, right? Yeah, John and I were talking about this before uh, we started the show, and uh, I'll tell you, you're going to gain a lot of respect for Hulk Hogan with the way he portrays everything. And, oh wow. And really, uh, Andre the Giant, uh, it's it's sad. It, it's sad. That's what yeah. I hear. Yeah, I'm going to fire it up. Really, really good. And yeah, good Hogan kind of, for the first time, well, not the first time, but Hogan, his ego was kind of checked, and he just basically made it very clear that Andre was the boss. You know, like, even though Hogan was being groomed and raised to be this, you know, guy they were going to build the company around no one fucked with andre until of course he was like yeah and they go through wrestlemania 3 which is awesome because i think that was oh sweet 3 is the turning point in wrestling when hogan and andre the giant yeah right and and hogan talks about how he wrote down on a legal pad how the match was going to go to vince mcmahon and oh my god word for word Yes, and he didn't oh, wow. know Andre the Giant. You know, obviously Vince McMahon took it to Andre the Giant, but he didn't know if Andre the Giant was going to honor all of that. And I've heard Hogan before in other interviews saying that night, right before they went out, Andre gives him a thumbs up and says, "Hey, tonight, buddy, you go up." 
Yeah. But that, that doesn't. I, I was kind of. I was kind of shocked. They were superstars. Unknowingness. You know, his disbelief at when he was going into that match, what was going to happen. And he wrote That's it all amazing. And he said, you know, Andre went right through everything exactly like he wrote it out. Right. Oh, word shit. for word, step by step. Hogan had like three pages written out every single move of the whole match, everything that happens. And he gave it to Andre like hours before the match. And he was like, are we going to do it? Are we good? Are we okay? And Andre was playing cards backstage and would just be like, we see, we see. We see. Maybe, maybe so. Play Playing cards and drinking wine. Yeah, drinking like a case of wine. CM Punk to make second UFC appearance. Did you know how his first one went, Bob? Uh, he got his ass kicked. Did he really? And yeah, he got his ass kicked, and it's it's hard to see that because, and he was so gracious in defeat. Right. It's almost hard to see him go at it again because oh, he's such, really? you know, he's such, you, you want to like the guy, but you don't want to see him get his ass kicked in the ring. So in the octagon. So, you know, hopefully this goes, you know, it's a little bit better fight. He's probably going to lose, but, you know, hopefully he goes more of the distance. But the first match. If they are, we all be dead. No more rhymes now. I mean it. Anybody want to pin it? He, you could tell he was uh, way out of his league. Very overmatched. Yeah, it, it was hard to watch. Mickey Gall. I think that's how he fought. Oh man, you yeah, can't tell. Yeah, it was, it, it was bad. You can look it up on YouTube. I mean, he, he got his ass handed to him. But you know what? Good for him for going out there and trying something different. And and he owned it after the match. So, you know, you can't, you can't dislike a guy. For uh, for what he did. Clark, do we no. have any update on Floyd Mayweather from the Apple Dick feed? No updates on Mayweather. He's kind of after the. Uh, Shooting at one of his bodyguards when in Atlanta the other week. Um, oh, yeah. He's been kind of silent on the Apple Dick oh. feed. Mayweather, wow. which is rare for him. It's a rare Shooting at a bodyguard, that's what I would do after I'm, you know, a uh, hundred, yeah. hundred plus millionaire. Right, because when yeah, you I'd take out your bodyguard, it. then what happens next? That's what happens. So I, he's been kind of quiet. I haven't seen anything pop up. <laughs> Smart. Maybe man. you should keep the party confined to your mansion, you know? Yes. One of your five that's... mansions. Come on. Play it cool. I agree. And that. Oh, oh my gosh. Right in the drawers. Gotta wash these silkies out. Man, CM Punk did get mutilated. <laughs> it's sports with John. John, 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 John. Holy hell. Cauliflower ear and everything. Yeah, it was it was bad. It's like he's never wrestled in his life. Yeah, if he gets his ass kicked like that again, I'm surprised he's coming back. If he gets his ass kicked like that again, uh, you, you got to hang it up and just you know gotta figure something. Got to go back to WWF. He was the only good thing they had. Yeah. In the last ten years. Yeah, but I'll give it to him. He's he's owned. <clears throat> he's owned what he what he's done. You know, with the uh, UFC stuff. So. Hmm. Batista. That's He's got the right mindset. Excuse me. All right, boys, I oh my gosh! Downstairs and and in NASCAR. Yeah. Make sure the babies are not <laughs> awake. 
Oh, her and Hey Ashley are fine. I'm watching them both sleep right now on the second monitor. Clark, Whoa. I'm head of your security, John. What do you want? <laughs> Imagine if I was head of your security, how shitty that would be. Clark, with the incidents last night? Don't know. Was watching a couple of old 90s flicks all night. There was a break in entering. I, I don't know what happened. I, it, Turner and Hooch was on. I mean, it's fancy. <laughs> Wait a it was good possible. Bob, thank so you so much, much for doing it. Thank you so much for being on the show tonight. It's always a pleasure. I'm sorry I have to wrap it up, but I'd love to have you uh, back on the program as soon as possible and <coughs> scratch more of the surface. You okay? I think so. Yeah. Uh, really bad allergies going on here in uh, Georgia. Uh, we had a oh, late yeah. bloom here because of the uh, brutal winter. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. Yep. But yeah, thank, thank you guys for having me on again. I love it. Of course, love brother. Thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. Love you guys from the gentleman in charge Good. of Andrew Jackson's archival library pieces, Mr. Bob, to the man in charge Obama! of hitting a Dillinger <laughs> second in the 14th of a Twins game, John Hassinger. Top 16. To the, man, to the man in charge of wearing a bib in the morning at 35 because his Adderall hasn't kicked in yet. I'm Matthew Clark. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And good night. Godspeed. Earlier on, we had a chance to speak to the living legend himself, Bruno Sammartino, about this matchup here tonight in the Boston Garden for the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship held by this man. Right, notice I did not say gentleman. I don't hear nothing man. you say because now is the time that you concentrate on the superstar of superstars, Macho Man Randy Savage. And uh, who remembers uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat? No man remembers him. Everybody Except remembers him. one man. Bruno Sammartino, Mr. Cheap Shot. Mr. Cheap Shot felt that uh, I leaned too hard on him. <laughs>